Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. Okay, friends, uh, this is the part of the show that I get to give you a big old virtual hug and thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast, the Living on Purpose podcast, which is and has been my labor of love over the last couple of years. Uh, these reviews not only mean everything to me, but they keep me going and keep me um, on the path to telling stories and interviewing amazing people who have stories of really, truly living on purpose. So this five-star review comes from Tracy Warren. And Tracy says, so happy to discover. Just digging into this podcast, but have really enjoyed the ones I've listened to so far. Real talk, simple solutions and ideas, and so fun to pick and choose a topic based on what I'm looking for today. Tracy, thank you so much. After a couple of years of doing this podcast, we have 80 episodes up for you. And so I love that we've created this library that you can pop into exactly like what you said, based on what you're feeling and what you need for the day. Thank you so much for the review. I really, really appreciate it. Welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am so happy that you are here. You are tuning into solo episode number 81, where we're going to talk all about my boobies. Okay. All right. I'm going to back up here and um, tell you tell you a bit why I want to talk to you about this very, very intimate and vulnerable story. I was on my drive home from Eastern Washington yesterday, and I was consuming all this amazing content And whenever I consume content, I'm not sure if this happens to you as well, but my creative juices like really start flowing. I start hearing myself or seeing myself in the content that I'm consuming, in the stories that I'm absorbing and what I'm here, what I'm listening to. And it dawned on me that the stories are really my passion. In the intro, I talk about being a curious student of life. And really, the curiosity comes from lived experiences. The curiosity comes from listening to other people's real-life stories, real-life examples, and seeing myself in them, and asking myself curious questions like, what can I learn from that? Where do I see myself in the story? How can I grow from this experience? I'm reading this amazing book right now that I cannot recommend enough. 
and I will share my alcohol-free journey with you when I am in a position where I can like gather all my insights, gather all my ahas. But one of the things that I really believe for me is when I'm trying something new, consuming content that helps me learn and helps me grow about that thing I'm trying to do is really, really helpful. So I'm reading this book. Uh, it is called Quit Like a Woman. It is not only an amazing book on an alcohol-free lifestyle. It is an amazing self-help book. It's a, an amazing memoir. It's all the things. And when I finished reading this book, which I did recently, and on the drive home, it dawned on me the parts of the book that I absolutely love versus the parts of the book that I skim through. And then this is, you know, just one example that I do this. I do this in a lot of different ways in my life. So the book does an amazing example or amazing job of talking about the effects of alcohol on our body and what really happens uh, to our hormones and blah, 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 you know, like, and also like, you know, the patriarchy and mass big marketing and all of the facts, right? All of the research she outlines beautifully. And I get it, but also it doesn't really sink in for me. The parts of books that really sink in for me are the stories. When she starts talking about one night out, et cetera, et cetera, she starts talking about how she felt the night after a binge, et cetera, et cetera. When I can see myself in her story, that's where I feel I get the biggest takeaways and I grow the most. Reflecting on the Living on Purpose podcast, I realized that that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm either sharing a personal story where I got curious about my life and I learned something and pass that along to you, our amazing listeners, or I'm interviewing an amazing woman who has made the intentional decision to live on purpose and I'm interviewing her around her stories. It also dawned on me that that's exactly what I get to do every single day as a life coach. I get to ask women these amazing, deep, vulnerable, raw, hard questions. And these amazing, deep, vulnerable, real, raw women get to share their stories with me. Because I love stories, I'm able to see patterns or ask maybe a deeper question that might inspire insight or growth. I get to do that for a living and I am so stoked every single day that I get to listen to stories. Stories I'm realizing are an integral part of my life. So back to boobies. As I was driving home, for some reason, I got drawn back. It must have been a story I heard, right? I got drawn back to high school and realized that I haven't shared either on the podcast or really in social media about my journey. And so I thought, what a better time than, than right now. So let's go all the way back to grade school. Um, grade school is when I started to develop very, very early. As soon as I hit puberty, my boobs <laughs> exploded out of my baby little body. Looking back, I wish I could give my, how old would I have been? How old are you in seventh grade? I don't know, 13? My 13-year-old self, a big hug, 
like the biggest hug. I wish I could tell my 13 year old self, like, you're not crazy. You're not ugly. You're not different. You're perfect. So I went through puberty and you guys, my boobs started growing and growing and growing and they didn't stop growing until I think my freshman, freshman year in high school. By that time, my freshman year in high school, I was a triple D. Now I weighed, oh God, 110 pounds, 115 max. I was a little string bean of a, of a girl. I was five foot, I still am five foot zero, very, very, very thin with these really, really huge breasts. I say I'm a triple or I I say I was a triple D because that was the largest size that they sold at Target. I would go by myself to buy these heinous old lady, ginormous. They came in two colors, nude and white. They were lacy. They're just so gross. I actually hung on to one for years and years to remind myself of how far I came. But the largest size that they had was at that time, a triple D. And I think I wore like, you know, the circumference was a 30, but I could have fit into something so much smaller. There just was nothing for me. During that time, I was also, as I am still today, extremely active. I played um, basketball and volleyball and what else? What else? Those are two of the, you know, most physical sports that I did in seventh, eighth, and all the way through high school. And it was painful, not only physically painful, because you can imagine just that excess weight in front of you, like it messes with your back, it messes with your shoulders, it messed with my posture. So, so painful, not only physically, but you guys, it was so emotionally painful. It was so emotionally painful because kids and people are fucking mean. And because my large boobs were so obvious, especially on my tiny baby frame, uh, it became an easy target. I became an easy target. And it was a source of ridicule. You know, as I was thinking about this on the car ride, I can think of, you know, exactly very, very, um, specific examples in seventh grade when, you know, the boys in eighth grade, who I thought were the coolest, coolest that could be, uh, called me over literally on the playground to check out my body, which I found out later to my absolute horror and mortification to check out my body and to assess whether I stuffed my bra. I remember freshman year in high school, I was playing, I was on the softball team and I was JV. And so JV and varsity, as they still do, ride the buses together. And I was in the front of the bus, you know, with the JV and varsity were in the back. And I remember the varsity girls started to sing this song and it was a rendition of do your ears hang low, but it was aimed at me and it was do your boobs hang low absolutely heartbreaking. I wore two to three sports bras, you know, to school. Also, um, I tried duct tape for basketball. I tried everything I possibly could, not only to make my boobs smaller, but to become more comfortable. And now, you know, in hindsight and reflection, it was a way of making me smaller. If I could just become smaller and quieter and fit in more, maybe they won't pick on me. 
I was looking back. My parents were in town recently for Aiden's high school graduation and they were cleaning out their storage unit. So we were going through all these old pictures. And one of the pictures was of my freshman uh, homecoming. Oh my God. It was so, it was so hideous. Um, and I just again wanted to go back and hug that girl who had this smile that just read insecure because I felt stuck. You guys, I felt like I had been born or actually I felt like I had been born into this awesome body. And then all of a sudden my body like rebelled against me. It was like, my body was my enemy. Um, my body was then, you know, it turned into something that did not feel right from the inside out. My outer body did not reflect how I felt inside. And, um, I felt stuck. Um, I felt alone and I felt like I had been dealt this hand that there was nothing that I could do about it. Right. It was like, I just kind of shrugged my poor little shoulders that had the indentation from the heavy bras and the heavy boobs. I shrugged those little shoulders and said, I guess this is it, right? Like this is, this is what it's going to be. Suck it up, buttercup and move on. Sophomore year, I was in a weightlifting class with this amazing, amazing teacher who also happened to be one of my coaches. So we got to know each other on the court and then also in the classroom. One day we were in the weight room and I, I like, you know, those moments in life that just will always stick with you. I remember I was laying down bench pressing and my, um, my spotter must've had to run to the restroom or maybe she was my spotter for the day. I don't really remember the whole scenario, but I remember that she was spotting me and I was bench pressing and she said something to effect, to the effect of, Hey Maudie, have you ever considered breast reduction? And I looked up at her and I could just imagine the curiosity and confusion <laughs> that I must have, my face must have totally given away. Like curiosity, like what? what, what are you even talking about? And then confusion, what, what are you even talking about? Boobs are something I've been hiding. I've been trying like for, for the last four years, three years to hide these bad boys. Um, you're just, just talking about it. Like it's nothing. And, uh, she said, when I was younger, I had a breast reduction surgery and it really changed my life. Being a coach, she didn't say this, but I could see, you know, she was very active being a coach and being a PE teacher. And so I could see how something like a breast reduction could totally, totally change the trajectory of her life. I went home and started the conversation, the, the mortifying conversations with my parents about the possibility of discussing augmentation of my body because I was uncomfortable. Uh, we went through so many horrible, awkward appointments uh, with specialists and finally got the approval from insurance to have breast reduction surgery done at 16 years old. So in the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school, I snuck away to a plastic surgeon's office and had my breast reduction. Um, there's so many, so many amazing memories of just that whole experience. It felt like the first empowering moment of my life. It felt like the first time I had taken control 
of myself, my decisions, and my body. It was magnificent. When I woke up, you know, um, you were sent out before surgery to buy the bra that zips in the front, a very specific bra that they, they probably should have just had on hand now that I think of it because it was so hard to find one, but it was a front zip up bra. And after I came out of surgery, my mom leaned over my bed and she's like, Hey, Hey Maddie, babe, I need to, um, I need to run to the store. The bra you, that we bought, the bra doesn't fit. And as I say that, I just got a knot in my stomach because I'm sure I got the same fucking knot in my stomach. 16 years old. Like, of course it didn't fit. None of the bras I've ever tried fit my baby body and big ass boobs. And she said, no, babe, um, it's too, it's too big. I need to go get a smaller one. And my heart just burst open with opportunity, with possibility, with like, oh my God, my life is about to radically change. And it did. The reason I share the story is a couple couplefold. My first thought is we're never stuck. There is always an, another alternative. There's always a plan B. There's always a different way to approach a situation. Just like I felt so, so, so stuck. I felt like this was the hand I've been dealt. I felt like there was nothing I could do about it. I felt like life was happening to me. And then as a really stuck situation, uh, and it's a stuck feeling. And so the first thought I have from the story is we're never stuck. Plan B might not look exactly like plan A, which have been grow littler boobs, <laughs> you know, but we're never, never stuck. The second thing, uh, the second kind of insight that I can pull myself from the story is there's always someone out there who has a similar experience or there's someone out there who would give us a different perspective on a situation that we're going, going through. Had this coach never uttered those words, have you ever considered breast reduction? I wouldn't have even been able, I wouldn't, I don't, who knows how long it would have been until someone else, or maybe, you know, some TV show, I don't know, would have opened my eyes to the possibility. So if you are, in a situation where you're not sure what to do and you're hating the way things are going right now, reach out to someone. Who do you know has been through a similar situation? Is it, is it a friend? Is it a, a friend of a parent? Who do you know who's helped other women through situations like that? Is it a coach? Is it a therapist? So my second thought is, who do we know that we can reach out to for guidance. And my third thought is, what stories do you have? As you're like, you know, just going through your day and, and going through your life and you see, you see that 16-year-old girl who's just struggling at life and you've got the answer, I challenge you to just ask, to just say, hey, sis, have you ever considered this other possibility. You might just change a life. That's my story. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you so much. And as always, please keep living on purpose. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. 
If you love this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time, always keep living on purpose.